welcome to Living Freely Podcast, where our mission is to provide you with down-to-earth topics on mental wellness and realistic tips for living life more balanced and achieving optimal mental health. Living Freely Podcast is brought to you by Norfolk, Virginia Public Libraries and is hosted by myself, Rachel Ann Dine, licensed professional counselor with 15 years in the mental health field and very passionate about providing you with realistic strategies. With new episodes coming out weekly. Join in as I tackle relevant topics for personal growth, one podcast episode at a time. Be well and live well. Hi, and welcome back to Living Freely. So wherever you are in your day, whether you're at work, on your lunch break, driving to work, going on a walk around the neighborhood, throwing that load of laundry in, I hope that this podcast episode finds you well. I'm hoping that you feel empowered and taking small steps to recharge and feel more empowered in your everyday life. And before we jump in to our main topic of the day, I think at this point you probably understand that I like to give a quick almost pick-me-up bit of encouragement before I dive into the topic, and today is no different. I just want to encourage you that no matter where you are or what you've been working on, it only takes small steps to start making changes in your life, no matter what area of your life you want to work on, whether it is being more assertive, saying no more, uh, creating a healthy workout schedule, trying to make healthy choices around food, whatever the case may be, just know that the tiny efforts that you put in absolutely add up. I think sometimes life can feel overwhelming and even the changes that you may feel that you need to make or want to make, you know, sometimes a person can almost start to feel defeated. Like how am I ever going to be able to, you know, lose 30 pounds or start saying no to these different people and obligations that are being asked on me? Um, And I I just want to go back and encourage you that if something feels overwhelming, break it off into tiny pieces. You don't have to build a whole city, so to speak, in one day, nor do you need to expect or place that pressure on yourself to completely change a part of your life that you have wanted to for a very long time. Change takes time, and I can't say it enough. Just making small, actionable steps towards your overarching goal is a great start. So I even think about the person who wants to go back to college, or maybe you're in college right now as an adult and you've chosen back to go, chosen to go back to get a new degree or finish your college degree, whatever the case may be, and you're overwhelmed. You are just in the thick of it in terms of living your life, trying to pay your bills, working full time, and then on top of it, now you're taking college courses. I think this is the ultimate example of how you may not feel or see the end result of graduation and getting that diploma at the end in this moment. It may feel way far away and just like you're climbing up a mountain, 
but know that with every test that you take in your in your schooling in your class with every course that you complete you are making those steps to get to the place that you want to go so that is my bit of encouragement for today because as I always allude to, it is a high stress time right now. It's There's a lot being asked of us. We are expected to kind of um, roll with all the changes that are occurring in life. And so today's episode really is going to speak to living the self-care lifestyle. And self-care is something that we've all heard. We've all heard the term practice great self-care. But At the end of the day, self-care for me is really getting to a deeper level. So yes, buy the new pair of shoes, treat yourself, go get your nails done, um, go take yourself or your family out for a nice meal. Those things do make us feel good. But self-care for me is such a mind, body, and spirit makeover and attendance to your daily needs. And as you will see today, I'm going through point point by point what self-care as a lifestyle really looks like. So for the sake of this episode today, I have broken self-care into an acronym. I'm really big into acronyms. I like kind of realistic um, ways to define a particular topic, and today's no different. So every letter of the word self-care is going to have a corresponding tip that you can implement and start practicing to actually live out the self-care lifestyle. And hopefully by the end of this, you will start to see that self-care isn't necessarily just the once a week treat to self. It's a daily walk in your wellness. It's a daily attendance to your needs on an emotional, physical, and mental level. So let's go ahead and start to unpack what this powerful word means and define what it is to live a self-care lifestyle. So the S in self-care, and this is something I created um, several years ago just to really conceptualize what self-care means. So the S in self-care is for setting healthy boundaries. So we all have also heard about setting healthy boundaries. And ultimately, boundaries should be in place so that you feel safe, content, and healthy. Now, a boundary doesn't have to be an elaborate process. A boundary is set when you no longer are willing to tolerate certain negativity or allow toxic energy from other people, places, and things to drain you. And a boundary can be set when you feel threatened, taken advantage of, or just flat out emotionally drained. The same thing goes for feeling physically drained. If you are so exhausted at the end of every week, at the end of every day that you just don't feel like you have anything left to give, this can be a good indication. Maybe we need to create some better work-life boundaries. Maybe we need to start saying no to certain people regarding activities or expectations that are being placed on you to try to increase your sense of energy. So I want you to think about it like this. And if you're already thinking in your head, well, how do I set healthy boundaries? Just know I have also created an entire podcast episode all on what it means to set healthy boundaries. So that will be coming up in the next several weeks. So stay tuned. But for the sake of today, a quick preview. When you evaluate your life, 
where in your life do you feel a sense of unhappiness? So a lot of times I think about the person who maybe struggles with saying no, or alternately that person who is the yes person. So the individual who really takes on event and activity after event and activity and just never says no. So kind of that people pleasing mentality in some ways. And There can be a lot of reasons for why someone does not set those boundaries or say no. There can be a fear of letting others down, a fear that if you do finally say no, people aren't going to be happy with you, people aren't going to like you. And so for today, just in kind of evaluating your entire life, consider Are you a yes person? Do you struggle with saying no? Do you even sometimes turn your head if somebody says something to you that feels disrespectful? So I encourage you to tap into underlying feelings regarding the situations that you're in, in life, especially where you feel a sense of unhappiness. What emotion comes to mind when you evaluate your life and all of the experiences that are going on in in your life right now? So when we allow our boundaries to be kind of pushed or even infringed upon, there can be those root causes of fear, maybe a low sense of self-confidence or low feelings of self-worth. And if you struggle with setting boundaries, let's try reframing the act of setting boundaries to be a way that you're teaching other people how to treat you. Boundaries are a form of self-love. And believe it or not, most people like boundaries. Kids need boundaries. They need structure to learn how to manage emotions and express themselves just like most adults need boundaries. People like a guidepost on how you expect to be treated. So it's just kind of who we are. We as humans need this set of expectations on how to act. It's just a part of how we are hardwired. And if there are not expectations for how you want someone else to treat you, sometimes the relationship can start to feel a little chaotic or out of control. Or maybe if you don't feel able to clearly define what it is you expect from your relationships with others, you're not going to be able to get what you need. So Be okay with setting those boundaries and staying consistent with them. Boundaries are are very personal. This is what you implement to feel safe and secure in your life. And you should not feel ashamed or embarrassed for setting boundaries. Like I said before, this is a personal experience. No one else is you. You are the only person who knows most intimately and clearly what you need from your life. So setting boundaries should be in place to help keep you feeling healthy and safe. At the end of the day, setting boundaries is both freeing and healthy. 
If you want to be treated in a certain way, you have to stand for something and stand behind your beliefs and your expectations and view yourself as being worthy of receiving positive treatment from other people and places that you are surrounding yourself with in your life. So the S in self-care is for setting boundaries. Now, let's move on to the E in self-care. E is for expressing yourself. You know, in our world today, we really are given so many messages about how we're supposed to look, how we're supposed to act, and just overall how and who we are supposed to be. And individuality is what truly makes the world an interesting place to be in. And to be honest, the most fascinating people and the people who I really love the most are the ones who are just completely authentic to who they are. The ones who embrace who they are, what style they have. And this could be um, communication style. This could be a literal, you know, personal style on the clothes that you wear, the way that you maintain your appearance. Being authentic comes in multiple forms. So I've already alluded to the appearance piece, but attitude and behavior. And truly, as long as expressing yourself and being who you are is not harming you in any way, it's not harming anyone else, go for it. For many reasons, people struggle with expressing themselves authentically. And sometimes I've observed how people are more comfortable even keeping interactions at a superficial level, which, of course, in some ways I get. I mean, expressing yourself authentically can be, in many ways, a scary experience, but it is so much more fulfilling to be who you want to be, to be who you feel you were meant to be. And the true joy also comes from. Showing your authentic self, which then attracts people in your life who also appreciate who you are in your most authentic form. Think about your closest friend or your closest family member, the person in your life who you feel you can just let it all hang out with. You can be who you are, say what you want to say without fear of being judged, any of that. Isn't that just a beautiful experience? I mean, I hope that everybody has at least one person in your life who you can be super real with. You can break it down with them, your thoughts, your opinions, and you walk away from the interaction just feeling recharged and validated. And we all need that. So the key point is it's okay to be you and express who you are. Practice being your true, authentic, and vulnerable self around people you trust. That's our our foundation point. Find the people who you trust the most in your life and start to show exactly who it is that you are. So let's build the foundation in that safety net of people who we really trust. And then from there, the foundation is being set where you feel comfortable being your authentic self and expressing yourself so then we can start to feel more confident in expressing who you really are all the time. So this is a process, but the E in self-care, living the self-care lifestyle, is express yourself. All right, so moving right along, the L in self-care. This one's huge. Love yourself. Love, love, love. Love yourself. Now, 
I do realize that this podcast is very much dedicated to the overarching process of practicing self-care, which can be translated into loving yourself. But truly, loving yourself is really at the center of your interactions and your relationships with others. When you truly love and recognize the unique value that you bring to this world, and yes, whoever's listening, I am speaking directly to you. Just by you being in this moment, being present, you are bringing value to the world. And when you fully step into this and own it, your tolerance for allowing others to take advantage of or infringe upon your boundaries will decrease exponentially. So one of the main ways to encourage the path to self-love is to practice probably one of the most important techniques that I teach is self-compassion, recognizing that you're not a robot. You are a human being, and human beings are imperfect. If you make a mistake, it's okay really watching that self-talk that is going through your head. And there's a quote that floats around in our kind of social atmosphere, certainly in the mental health world. And so I just want to use this quote and teach it to you in this moment. You may have already heard it before, so let this be a reminder if that's the case. But if you wouldn't say it to a friend, then why are you saying it to yourself? So let's just say that you make a mistake at work or you get into an argument with someone you care about. Many times we can really start to mentally beat ourselves up for these mistakes, but what messages are going through your head? After you make this mistake, after you get into a disagreement or you feel like you didn't perform your best, are you telling yourself that you're a fool, an idiot, stupid, or whatever other unkind thing may be coming to mind? So take a moment and ask yourself, if my best girlfriend or my closest colleague in the workplace came to me and they they mentioned that they had made this mistake, Would I tell them that they're an idiot? Would I just look at them and say, oh, well, you're so stupid and that's why that happened? If you wouldn't say it to somebody else, let's start to change what you are saying to yourself. Tell yourself exactly what you would say to a friend or a loved one who came to you expressing the same kind of issue or thought processes. Really start to ingrain that in your thinking. Start to recognize the process of being kind and compassionate to you. So I'll go back. I mean, I guarantee, I hope, I hope that most of us wouldn't tell somebody who we loved that they're a failure if they made a mistake um, or that they'll never be anything because of a bad experience in the past. So Again, if you would not say that phrase to a friend, then please don't say it to yourself. This is a huge, a lot of learning to love yourself is really focusing on your emotional state, your mental kind of processes, what is going through your head. So really for the first step, if I could give you a stepwise progression, start to get really clear about the thoughts that you're allowing yourself to have. And this goes into the development of truly loving yourself. It really does all start with that. It really does all start with what is going on through that beautiful head of yours. So love yourself. F in self-care. F is pay attention to feelings. 
and your intuition or gut instinct. So feelings, gut instinct, and intuition are so important. So in a lot of ways, our feelings and when we get that stirred deep in our gut and we feel like something is off kilter, this is really just a huge blessing. These can be ultimate guideposts that are put in place to help us avoid dangerous or unhelpful situations. Think about it, whether you go out on a date and you meet somebody and you walk away from that interaction thinking, ooh, something doesn't feel right. Or you go to a job interview and you meet the hiring manager and they seem rude, curt, um, just not very nice. And, And you get that little stir in your gut thinking or your feelings literally indicate, I don't like this person. This is in place for a reason. And sometimes I have seen how over the years, especially if you grew up in a household where feelings were not discussed or honored, as an adult, this is your opportunity to start paying attention to what I refer to as the life guide marks and moments. So if when you were growing up, you were always told to suck it up, deal with it, quit being sad, stop crying. As an adult, you may have really learned to avoid listening and paying attention to your feelings. However, this is something that you can always work on and change. Gut instinct, intuition, and feelings, I believe, were gifted to us to help you steer clear of danger and get to know yourself, what you like, what you don't like. If you don't like how something makes you feel, what is causing you to keep going back to it or continue to participate in something that is not causing you to feel like the best version of yourself. And then on the flip side, if you do like something or how someone is making you feel, there's a great chance that you are going to continue to engage. So anytime that we exhibit a behavior, there is always a payoff. So whether it's a healthy behavior, whether it's an an unhealthy behavior, There's always a payoff for something that we decide to devote our time and energy to. Now, have you ever noticed that you have gone somewhere or been with somebody or watched something and then you have that strange feeling in the pit of your stomach or maybe you just felt that sense of unease? So I've already given those examples of going to the job interview and feeling strange about the hiring manager. I can't say it enough. Pay attention to these moments. Learn to sharpen this built-in sense of awareness that is truly a gift. So I do like to believe that gut instinct and your feelings, it's almost like a radar system. So an internal alarm that helps you to make healthy decisions in your life. And in the same kind of vein, paying attention to your feelings that you are having, so whether you're happy, sad, mad, afraid, fearful, disappointed, joyful, you know, the list goes on and on. Paying attention to these feelings allows you to stay in touch with yourself. And self-awareness is key in our life. It, it, it has to be. And if you always feel disappointed after the interaction that you're having with a person, a place, or a thing. And when I say thing, I'm referring to a meeting or um, 
uh, you know, a group that you're helping out with at your child's school, you know, just some kind of other entity that you're giving your effort, time, and energy to. Um, but if you're always feeling disappointed or dreading going somewhere, this is a good indication that we need to pay attention to our feelings. It is always okay to acknowledge your feelings. And I've alluded to this in past episodes, but if we don't pay attention to our feelings, then that's when other things start to boil over. That's when the panic starts to come out or the depressive episode. Humans were not meant to be emotional stuffers and not acknowledge how they are feeling about people, places, and things. When we name acknowledge and accept our emotion, that is where the true power and self-awareness really starts to develop. So your feelings must be addressed. Pay attention to that gut instinct because truly you're the only one who can do that, Um, especially because you're the only one who is experiencing the gut instinct, the feelings, and living in your body. So a quick review of the first half of living the self-care lifestyle is S is for setting boundaries. E is for expressing yourself and being who you are. L is for loving yourself and watching the thoughts that are going through your head. F is paying attention to your feelings, your gut instinct, and your intuition. So let's move right on to the second half of living the self-care lifestyle, care. When we think of the care in living the self-care lifestyle, we're going to start with C. And C is for creating time to explore what brings you joy and happiness in your life. Life, work, Family and home obligations can sometimes cause you to put your own needs on the back burner. And before you know it, the only thing that you feel like doing is lounging on the couch, staying up later than you should just to catch some time by yourself, especially if you're, you know, have your own kids in the house or you're married. Um, Sometimes we are so busy doing for so many other people contributing our time to just so many different areas that are outside of our contributions to our own sense of joy, that by the time the week ends, you're so exhausted that the last thing you want to think about is creating a sense of happiness or joy that is just for you. So while vegging out or staying up late and catching, you know, your favorite show, it can bring that momentary kind of reprieve or sense of relief. Um, maybe even in some ways just numb you out and let you just veg. I encourage you to really explore activities that bring you a sense of happiness. So you may be familiar with Brene Brown, who is an amazing researcher. She is a social worker. She has so many different books, which I would highly recommend. But in her book, The Gifts of Imperfection, she writes about these different guideposts on how to let go of being a perfectionist and really find joy if you resonate. And this is me kind of um, just talking about a personality type that I definitely work with on a daily basis. This is something that I see a lot of men and women 
tend to be perfectionists and place so much pressure on themselves. One of the biggest antidotes to letting go of perfectionism, Brene Brown talks about this, is creating joy and participating with people and in activities that bring you a sense of happiness. So when I say activities, I'm talking about do you enjoy playing um, a sport? You know, do you, do you, I know right now it may be kind of difficult because we are, you know, trying to deal with the, the aftermath of COVID and getting through COVID, but do you like to play, um, you know, even if it's a board game, do you like to make jewelry? Do you like to create artwork or try a new recipe? Is that where you feel the happiest in your life? That kind of carefree sense of joy. And if you're listening to this right now and you're thinking, gosh, it has been so long since I've done something just for myself, your first step, I want to encourage you to create space in your life to devote time into exploring what brings you joy and happiness. So maybe this is the weekend where you say to your family, all right, guys, we are going to go do something that makes us happy. Load up in the car and we're going to go to First Landing State Park and we're going to go walk around. We're going to be outside. Um, Start to create space, whether it's an hour a weekend or 30 minutes in the evening, one, one time a week. Think about what in your life brings forth that feeling of happy. And if it has been some time since you truly felt this happiness, take a moment to think about the things that you used to do that brought you happiness, anything that you currently do that causes you to feel happiness, and some things that you would like to try doing if you had the time and energy. So if we start to at least think about things that make us feel happy, we're going to be more likely to potentially carry them out. But we got to get the thoughts going to that direction. How could you incorporate your family? What do you want to do? All of that good stuff. So then here's a second piece, especially if you are a parent. If you experience a sense of guilt for leaving your kids at home with your spouse once a week so that you can go grab coffee with your girlfriend or, you know, maybe go play a quick golf game, whatever the case may be, tennis, I don't know, whatever, whatever brings you that joy. I want you to really reframe that guilt and just remind yourself that I am setting an example of what it means to practice positive self-care. I'm showing my kids and my family that I'm making myself a priority. And you can explain to your kids, this is something mom needs to do. This is something dad needs to do so that I can be a better parent to you. And this is the same whether you have children or don't. And you find that you feel guilty if your partner is staying at home and they say, oh, I really want you to just stay here and watch movies with me all day. But you know, you just want to get out of the house. You want to go treat yourself to lunch, do something nice. You want to have that me time. Explain, look, I just have to go do this for myself. And just remember, most of the time, that one thing that stops us from creating happy in our lives can be our own sense of guilt, our own thoughts of how else we should be spending our time, who needs this or that done, all of the above. And I do promise you that eventually the kitchen will get cleaned. The laundry is going to be get done. Um, but if we don't take time to create an hour of happiness here and there for ourselves, the days will keep clicking by. 
there's always going to be something else that you could be doing. So it truly becomes up to you to carve out some time to create happy. So C in self-care again is to create time in your life for activities that bring you joy. All right, so moving right along, the A in care is advocating for you. So an advocate is defined as a person who speaks or writes in support or defense of a person, cause, etc. So in this in this point, I'm asking that you advocate for the cause of yourself. So we as human beings absolutely have to be our own best advocates, stating what we want out of life and doing things that promote our well-being because ultimately Again, no one else lives in that precious head of yours and can constantly be intimately acquainted with the thoughts that you're experiencing. That's your job. That's my job to know what kind of thoughts are going through my own head, and it's the same for you. So even if you do have supportive people in your life, still, at the end of the day, only you know truly how you feel and what you want. So it's definitely our own personal responsibility to advocate your desires and your needs. So let me let me talk about the flip side of this. Have you ever met that person or maybe you might identify with this? Have you ever met that person or identify with just trying to wait for things to get better? To being almost that passive participant in life where you're putting your own sense of happiness onto somebody else to try to create that happy for you. If this is you, let me go ahead and just encourage you that there is a much more empowered way to live. So while if we do have a healthy relationship, our partner can cheer us up and make you feel better, or maybe you have a really caring boss at work who recognizes that you're stressed and overworked, and so they say, take Friday off and just have a long weekend, we need to start being the ones who advocate for ourselves and really, really understanding what do I need? What do I need to implement in my life? Or how do I need to advocate for myself to start to make healthy changes and take back my power? So one of the first ways to do this is to definitely be assertive. And being assertive is as simple as making eye contact with people that you're around, practicing having that confident voice, using those I statements. I don't like that. I really like this. I'm not comfortable, whatever that may be. So asking genuine questions for clarity and telling someone that you are uncomfortable or not happy does not make you difficult or unreasonable, despite what others may tell you. Being an advocate for yourself and just asking those questions for clarity on a situation, especially if it feels confusing or you're not on board, is seeking understanding. And I think sometimes people talk themselves out of being their own best advocate because they don't want to stir the pot. They don't want to make a scene And I just always think back to since when did asking questions in a kind, authentic way and seeking clarity, when did that start to translate into somebody being difficult? So just know at the end of the day, you're responsible for you and the changes that you want to make in your life. And instead of waiting 
for some external force to swoop in and make you feel empowered, why not just work to live empowered in the now on your own? So if you wait on some people, place, or thing, maybe you have it in your head. Once I get that that Beamer or that Lexus or some you know fancy pair of shoes, I'm going to be perfectly happy. Or once I find my new, you know, significant other in my life, everything's going to come together. It's all going to be perfect. I want to encourage you to turn inwards. Look inside of yourself. What do you need to do in the now that could make you feel happy? Because the true, I believe, key to practicing the self-care lifestyle and kind of being resilient in this sometimes difficult experience called life is finding your own sense of happiness outside of anybody or anything else. Last piece before I move on. Sometimes when you do practice advocating for yourself, it may fall flat or you may not get exactly what you set out to do. This is key because if you get all geared up and you think, yes, maybe you hear this podcast and you think, okay, you know what? I'm going to try to be assertive um, about how I feel regarding a matter. And you go to the person who you're trying to be assertive with. You say, look, I really don't appreciate the way that you spoke to me. And the person laughs in your face. Guess what? That's on them. At that point, I do not want you to feel discouraged. Instead, I want you to internally watch those thoughts, practice self-compassion, and congratulate yourself. Walk away knowing that you tried and give yourself credit for voicing what you needed. So you will never truly know the outcome of any situation unless you at least try to advocate for yourself. So practicing and living the self-care lifestyle absolutely means advocating for you because you are so worthy of receiving in life what it is that you want. And if you try that advocation and it does fall flat, go to plan B because there's life is always going to give us an opportunity to try and try again, which brings me to my next point. In your life and in living the self-care lifestyle, give credit where credit is deserved. And this is the R in self-care, in the care piece. Recognize and give yourself credit. So the journey to self-love does involve humbly giving yourself credit for work well done. Don't be afraid to take a moment to recognize all that you do on a day-to-day basis and who you are as an individual. You are a unique being with unique feelings, experiences, style, whatever the case may be. There is nobody else in the world who is just like you and that there is so much power in recognizing that. But for the person who feels weary in their life journey, which in a lot of ways can be a lot of us right now because this is a very stressful time. I want you to take pause and just recognize all that you do on a daily basis, whether you literally get up and get out of bed and take a shower. That's something. Whether you get to work on time, even if you are working from home um, in your at your kitchen table, you have gotten up, you're, you're at your workplace, and you're ready to go. You don't have to write a, you know, million-page novel 
to feel like you can give yourself credit. Sometimes we just have to be willing to look at the tiny wins that we make on a daily basis and just give yourself credit. Okay, I packed the kids lunch today and it was a, a you know pretty healthy or I made dinner for the family last night or you know I set a healthy boundary with somebody who spoke negatively to me. Make sure you don't lose sight of the small wins that you are winning on a daily basis and give credit where credit is deserved. So recognizing and giving yourself credit requires you to stay focused on the present moment and learn to celebrate yourself fully for who you are. We are all unique people, as I've already said, and this uniqueness, individuality is what makes us special. So how can you fully celebrate who you are as a person if you're always trying to live or compare yourself to how others are living? Which brings me to another piece in giving yourself credit. Sometimes our brains get a little jumbled and we will start to compare ourselves to other people and how much other people have accomplished. And, oh, well, she doesn't seem to have any issue working from home and teaching her kids full time. There must be something wrong with me. When we start to give power to those thoughts of comparison, we've all heard that phrase, comparison is the thief of joy, and it is really just so true. Once again, let's go back to the basics. No one else is you. No one else knows what you need on a daily basis and how well or not well you are truly doing. Also, when we start to throw in social media, we're not getting the most accurate picture. People are putting their highlight reel on social media. And so really be careful if you are starting to practice that comparison, whether it's physically, your body doesn't look like somebody else's body, or your house doesn't look the way that somebody else's house looks, all those things that human beings compare ourselves to other people with. And bring, once again, the theme of this too is turning inwards. Really turn inwards. Maybe you need to take a break from social media. Maybe you need to take a break from that friend who is constantly bragging about how great their life is. Really start to take inventory of what are you doing? How are you doing on a daily basis? And celebrate those wins. So, In giving yourself credit, take a moment to consider who you are and what makes you you. What kinds of adjectives come to mind? And let's stick to the positive words here. What beliefs do you hold close to your heart? What are your values and what do you do well at in your life? And that is truly a piece of the joy I find in working with people, especially if somebody comes to me feeling discouraged. It is so amazing when... I'm finally able to pull out what's been happening with somebody for the past year or even the past week, and then I can totally point out, wow, so despite what you have going on, you are still successfully raising your kids, you're taking care of yourself, you're paying your bills, you're you know doing whatever else. And I've just noticed that so many times we don't celebrate our small wins and instead we allow that discouragement and the focus on what we aren't doing to take over. So self-love, living the self-care lifestyle absolutely means embracing and giving yourself credit even if in your mind it doesn't feel like a big win. Just remember, we're living in almost like a quicksand effect right now where you may feel like you take one step forward and three steps back. So it is important 
particularly important to remind yourself what is the time period that we're living in and give yourself credit for doing what you are doing on a daily basis. So E is very, very important. And we have touched on this previously, but this one is going to go a little bit more deeply. So we did talk about um, watching the thoughts that go through your head and practicing self-compassion, but self-talk and self-care are so closely related. Watch the thoughts that are going through your precious head and E and care is encourage yourself encourage yourself. Watch that self-talk. So self-talk ultimately has the power to make you or break you, to put it just in the most simple of terms. Self-talk is defined as the internal dialogue you are having with yourself. Self-talk can be positive. Oh, you look, you look, did, or handled that well today, or negative thinking, I'm such an idiot, a joke, or a failure. So what kinds of self-talk do you have with you on a daily basis? If it falls into the negative category, my first go-to assignment for you is to increase your self-awareness of that internal dialogue that you may be experiencing. Start to really pay attention to the thoughts you're having toward yourself, about yourself, and take note of what you're saying to you, those internal thoughts and statements you have about you. How often are you saying these statements to yourself? And are there certain triggers for, you know, when those negative thoughts come up the most? Is it always after you see a certain person or um, engage in a certain activity? If that's the case, we got to really pay attention to that because I don't know if that person or that activity that you're engaging in, it might not be the most beneficial thing for you. So start to really question yourself on where any of those negative thoughts of self are coming from. Even if you think about growing up, did you receive negative messages as a child? Did you have a past or is your current partner saying negative things to you that now kind of cause that insecurity and self-doubt? The interesting thing about self-talk is that it absolutely develops over time. It's not, it doesn't just pop up out of nowhere. I, I truly believe there's always a root cause for where that internal dialogue is coming from. So first process, identify it identify, take note, when is it coming up, what triggers the negative self-talk. And then when you feel ready, you can start to think about what would it be like to start to change this inner dialogue that I'm having with myself, becoming aware of, and then changing the negative self-talk. So let's take inventory first, as I've already said, and then let's start to replace those negative messages that you may be saying with more empowering, positive language. So instead of getting down on yourself and thinking that you're weak for feeling depressed or anxious, what would it be like to literally just say, okay, stop it. I had a down day today, but it's okay because I'm human. Really, really reframing the thoughts that you're having in your head because at the end of the day, we're all human. We are all subject to making mistakes, to not doing things perfectly, to feeling down, to having pandemic fatigue, to feeling an increase in anxiety. 
And it's when we allow that negative self-talk to tell us that we're not doing enough or that we're weak, that's when we really can start to develop low self-confidence and low self-esteem. So really, really watch the self-talk that is going through your head because if you aren't your own best cheerleader, then who is? So even if you have the most supportive partner, family, or friends, they're also human. So there's going to be times where they're busy or they're not able to give you what you need. So Make sure that at the end of the day, you are watching that self-talk and being so encouraging of yourself and what you're trying to do on a daily basis. That encouragement and positive self-talk is up to you because no one else lives in that head of yours. So we will quickly run through the care piece of self-care is to create happiness in your life advocate for you, recognize and give yourself credit, and encourage yourself. Watch that self-talk. Now, at the risk of being redundant, I will run through one more quick time the entire self-care, living the self-care lifestyle process because I do find that this is so important. All right, let's go from the beginning. S is set boundaries. E, express yourself. Be who you really are. L, love yourself. Practice that self-compassion. F, pay attention to your feelings and your gut instinct and that intuition. C, create happiness in your life. A, advocate for you. R, recognize and give yourself credit. E, encourage yourself and watch that self-talk. So, Hopefully you can see that living the self-care lifestyle is so much more than just the once a week treat to self, which I do love treating myself every now and again, just like I'm sure you do as well. That is also very important, but it does go a little bit deeper. So practice the self-care lifestyle, mind, body, and spirit. Try to do one thing on a daily basis, whether you do advocate for yourself, whether you did take an hour to create happiness for you in your life, and really start to build that foundation of being kind to you. So true self-love comes from cultivating the self-care lifestyle every day where you make yourself a priority. Just remember, you are important. Your contributions in this world matter, and you deserve to care for yourself, and most importantly, love yourself. So here is to living the self-care lifestyle on a daily basis in some way, shape, or form. And as always, I hope that you are being well to yourself and that you're living well. That's our show for today. Thank you so much for tuning in to Living Freely Podcast, where we are bringing you all of the down-to-earth and realistic information on achieving optimal mental health. Like what you've heard, consider giving us a rating on Apple Podcasts so that we can be enjoyed by other listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We will see you next week.